show number 219 of Look at His Butt, Silicon Valley Comic-Con Edition, Part 2. Why do you think that piece is so, has remained so popular, uh, that, that it's in all those uh, marathons uh, of uh, Twilight Zone? Why, why is it so popular? I think... I, I think per, perhaps uh, from where I'm coming from, uh, one, it was it was an excellent example of of uh, early thrills on in that particular period of television. And the other thing is, I think uh, they re-air it a lot because you're in it. <laughs> about getting in this cylinder and then it goes up and you think, how's it going up? And then it hits a bump and you think, does that mean we're going down? <laughs> and then every so often something happens like a lightning strike on a plane and there's a loud bang and you think this is the end I'm never going to fly again, but then how do I get to my lover who's in the next city? It's a choice between sex and, and, and the plane. <laughs> then you choose sex and you fly again, but you're filled with fear. And so the sex isn't very good, so you fly back. <laughs> I think it touches a core of fear. Okay. Uh, and th that's the reason it has remained universal. And that's the reason we suspend disbelief of a little furry animal who's not even aerodynamic, <laughs> standing on a wing looking in a window. Which, by the way, when my kids were young and we'd fly, and there was the, uh, the flight assistant, they'd say, Dad. Do the look. <laughs> so I'd look out the window, and they'd call the stewardess, ma'am, and she'd say, what's the matter? And I'd go, mm. <laughs> Used to break my kids up to this day, they're middle-aged. Do the look, Dad. <laughs> Have fun. So, you good? Well, here we are. Here we are on a rainy Sunday afternoon. Yeah. In our natural habitat, the podcasting couch. It is. We're back on the podcasting couch. It's been so long. It has. It's been forever. But it's it's like we never left. No. We just pick up where we left off and, and just right. keep forging ahead. We did. So today is the third day of Silicon Valley Comic Con. We're not there anymore because um, we did not have passes for the third day. But we had a, quite a great day yesterday. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So uh, just to, to recap a little bit, um, we went on Friday, we saw Bill. Yeah. And then we had passes for Saturday. Bill was not doing any events on Saturday, but he was doing autographs and, and um, photographs. Mm -hmm. But we didn't catch him doing any of those things. Because we were so busy doing other things. We were. And the con was very well attended. There were loads of people there. Um, 
probably they were a little unprepared for how many people they were going to get. Mm-hmm. Certainly the city of San Jose was unprepared for how many yeah, people the, they the were Yeah, the downtown, get. as far as the few restaurants that were open were, you know, crazy lines yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, um, um, But big props to the con for running things really professionally. I think Creation Con could learn from this. Absolutely. They, they had plenty of volunteers. There was a lot of signage. There were... Very, the people who were volunteering were excellent. Yes. They weren't jerks. They could actually answer questions. They, they weren't arrogant creeps. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was all really, really well run, so mm-hmm. good for them. Um, the only, excuse me, the only complaint would be they need bigger rooms. Oh, yeah. There were so many people. So, so our story is that we got up on Saturday, um, had some breakfast, and then we decided on two panels that we wanted to see. One at noon, which was called Let's Go to Mars. <laughs> And the highlight was Andy Weir, who wrote mm-hmm. The Martian, talking with Adam Savage and uh, a guy from NASA. Named Chris. Named Chris, who was a last-minute replacement for the other guy from NASA, who for some reason couldn't make it. And it was in a room. How many people do you think that room held? A couple hundred? More? More than 200, but certainly much less than 1,000. Maybe yeah. 500, yeah. you think? I'm not good at that yeah. kind of thing. So we got on a line, mm-hmm. and we waited, and, and they had people going in. And just as we were getting up to it, and there were quite a few people in back of us, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were at the end of the line. Yeah. Um, we were basically the last two people to get in. Yep. And it, at that point, it was like at a fancy restaurant where the guy came and was like, yes, I have two. Yeah. <laughs> and and then yeah. he would guide you to your seat. So we ended up sitting apart from each other, but that was a great panel. Oh, it was so good. I'm so glad we went to that. It was so fascinating. And, you know, when I've gone to the fan conventions, I mean, all the panels are fandoms and fanish things and and this type of thing. To have one that was, maybe I've just missed them, but to have Mm -hmm. one like this that was actually hard science Mm -hmm. by two, three people who were fun to listen to and who actually were exchanging ideas Mm -hmm. and, oh, it was great. It was, and, and yet they still made it relevant to fandom, which I love. Yes. That, that we now know how a tricorder we works. We know how a tricorder works, and that was the NASA dude who was talking yeah. about tricorders, and he was just very casually like, you know, oh, let me just interject to say that this is how tricorders work. This is how mm-hmm. I think they work. And yeah. he had just given this very scientific explanation for what alien life might look like. And yes. It was like... That's so cool. I know. Yeah. So the whole discussion was just really interesting, and they covered a lot of ground in terms of what it would take to go to Mars and looking for life on other planets and just so many things. And in the middle of it, one of them said, well, just this morning, we were trying to explain quantum physics to William Shatner, (laughs) and, and and we said to him, you have to understand this. It's counterintuitive. And he goes, yes, that's why I don't understand it. <laughs> yes, that would be Bill, for yeah. sure. So that was excellent. It was it was such a good panel. And um, mm. the audience was also great. I mean, I think, you know, you had been talking about the people who were asking questions at Bill's panel. And I think also the feeling in the room just felt different to me than it, it did. It really did. People were wrapped. You know, they were, like, sitting there really paying attention and, and laughing, but not being disruptive, mm-hmm. you know, which it sometimes was, happens at the fan convention. It felt or, like this wonderful celebration of science. Yeah. Just like, you know, when you're at a fandom thing, it's a celebration of your fandom. And the, like I said, this was like a celebration of geeks. This was like, you know, geeks finally getting their due, yeah. their own, you know, big thing. And uh, oh, I was so glad we went to that. Yeah. That was a real highlight. That was excellent. Um 
So that was an hour, and then right after that, we went into a different room just down the hall to see Nichelle. And she, I didn't realize... Wait, you skipped the important part. Once again, (laughs) they let us in and they said, that's it, the room's full. We were the last two people, and we got lots of uh, thumbs up from all the people in the front row who we had to walk past. Yeah, (laughs) you made it. Yay, good for you. Um, So Nichelle was there all weekend, we found out later, Mm -hmm. from some of the, the people... At the autograph place. And we saw her signing autographs, yes. yes. So she was doing photos and signing autographs, and she did this panel, and then she went back to doing autographs and photos. So she was very, very busy the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. For someone who very recently had a stroke. Yes. And who is, you know, almost as old as Bill, Mm -hmm. she displayed an amazing amount of energy for doing all this. And from what I could see when she was signing the autographs, we were standing, you know, maybe 20 feet away. She was just as thoughtful and and gracious and being wonderful and looking people right in the eye and mm-hmm. greeting them and talking with them and oh, amazing just yeah. amazing so the moderator for her panel was Rod Roddenberry which yep. was a surprise I didn't know he was going to be there um, and he did a good job you know helping her hear the questions from the audience because for some reason they stopped giving people microphones I didn't quite get that right that was kind that of was odd weird but... and again the questions were really good and she told a lot of stories, and it was delightful. And she sang, yes, too, which was wonderful. And that was beautiful. That was magic. It was, and you could just see her whole face light up when she started singing. And you know, we were both noticing she had the stroke, and it hasn't really impaired her speech much. She speaks a little more slowly. Uh, there is a little bit of a slur to yeah. it on certain words, but it must have been, as they said, a mild stroke mm-hmm. because she has certainly bounced back. Yeah, yeah. But when she sings, it's all gone, right? Yeah. It's just like like she, the song that she's probably mm-hmm. been singing for 50 years. And she sang Summertime, yes. which was wonderful. It was great. And again, everybody was very respectful and they had great questions. Mm-hmm. And the, the vice mayor of San, San Jose was there and was just saying, thank you for inspiring me. And she had a question. She did have a question. She, she was a fan. And I was going, this is, you know... It really is stunning there hasn't been something like this yeah. in this area before, this mixture of fandom and science yep. and, and the whole thing. So It was awesome. It was really good. And then after that, we went and looked for Bill, but he wasn't there. And then we went and sat in the hot tub. Oh, and it was. <laughs> that was so good. That yep. was just the best thing. And, it was and great. Um, so we ordered pizza. We ordered pizza. We watched some really bad things. We should talk a little bit about the Bill things. Yes. Just because. Um, so I, I brought all my, my Shatner video stuff. What was Did I say there were like 87 things in, yeah. the, in this folder that I had? And we watched, um, we watched an episode of Gunsmoke called Quaker Girl. Yeah. Which was, I think... Um, it's, it was pre-Star Trek. Yeah, but only by a year like or two. A year, yeah. yeah. So he looked pretty much the same. And he had a terrible mustache. Yes. Just awful. It, you know, it looked like what I imagined those press-on eyebrows might look like. <laughs> hey! <laughs> they better look better than that. They better than that. It was a very bad mustache. And he played a bad guy who was sort of... Like a dandy a little bit. A little. A little bit. And... and through circumstances, the Quaker, the town of Quakers that they ended up with, couldn't tell who that he was a bad guy and that the good guy was a good guy, and the good guy falls in love with a Quaker girl, and blah 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 blah. Anyway, yeah, and um, it wasn't good. There was a lot of stupid fighting because every time one of them thought the fight was over, mm-hmm. 
and it's like, okay, hold out your hands so I can tie you up. He'd mm. kick him in the butt, and the mm. fight would start again. I was like, yeah, not not good, and uh, not a good role for Bill. No, and he did that thing that, that he does sometimes where when he's being an evil, slightly mm-hmm. crazy character, he giggles. Yes. It's terrible. It's it is. so bad. It's annoying. And I think... Um, once he did Star Trek, someone might have taken him aside and said, don't ever do that again. Yeah. I don't think he did it afterwards. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it's bad. It's, yeah. It was like a thing that he was trying and it didn't yeah. work. It just didn't work. But then we watched Colossus. <laughs> Colossus, a.k.a. The Infernal Season. I believe that was right. the subtitle for it. And when it started out, Bill was playing this immigrant <laughs> in 1912 coming to California. And we we went, oh, my God, he's attempting an accent. And we thought at first it was Irish. Yeah. Then it started sounding Swedish. And it turns out he is playing a Swedish guy. <laughs> yep. And the co-star yeah. was Robert Brown. Mm-hmm. Who was playing an Irishman. Who was playing an Irishman. And... Um, they had more or less had brought this land together and there was only the two of them working at trying to keep these cattle cattle alive until it starts raining mm-hmm. and then everything will be good and they can sell the cattle and and you know all of that but um so Bill's doing a Swedish accent. Oh my God, he sounded so Swedish chef. I mean, it was yeah. sort of like bon 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 bon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. We found out later, and of course I left the stuff upstairs, so I can't read this to you. But that was part of Dick Powell Theater. Yeah. And it was actually a pilot. A pilot. For it, a show. Yeah, it was like 1966, too. So it, it was right before, before Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And um, as you were pointing out, this had to be a grueling shoot. It was almost all outdoors, and they were fighting and digging and pumping water and, you know, actually physically doing all these things. And riding horses <clears throat> and walking across, yes. like, rolling hills, really walking, too, like, long mm-hmm. distances, you could see. It, it looked, and there was, at the climax of it, part of the plot is that there's an evil, rich rancher who wants the land that they've just bought. For reasons nobody, nobody knows. knows. It's never stated. And he has a beautiful daughter who, of course, falls in love with Bill. Because who um, wouldn't? Because, and played by Geraldine Page, and, of course... It was clear that they had done it. Yes, so yes. Just, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, um, and there there ends up being a probably five minute long fight between Bill and the rich old guy in mud, and it just goes on and on. Yes, and it on. does. Like, oh my God, stop! Just, and as you were saying, it really destroys the tension of a fight when you can't tell who's who because, because, because of the mud. Oh. <clears throat> but uh, Bill won, by the way. Yeah, Bill won, of course. Um, <laughs> But I found a thing. There is a book, the Here Come the Brides book, which was the series Robert Brown did, mm-hmm. and I was a fan of. But it talks about, there's a couple pages about Colossus. Mm-hmm. And there are quotes from Robert Brown about what a nice guy Bill was mm-hmm. and what a wonderful actor and how much he respected him. And, you know, it was it was really great, great to see that. But apparently he said... Um, so <clears throat> it was, you know, it was done. We did it, and it sort of was never shown. It went into the vault. It didn't get picked up, and I got something else, and Bill got Star Trek. And then they showed it as part of the Dick Powell Theater, mm-hmm. and it was very well received. <laughs> and But, you know, it didn't happen because both of the lead actors were now on to other things. But we were talking this morning. I said, can you imagine how different not just Bill's life and not just our lives mm-hmm. But the world in general would be if Bill had just gone on to pay, play this fetish immigrant, if someone else had played Captain Kirk, yeah. or because it wasn't Bill in the second pilot, it, it never got picked up and aired. Right. 
Yeah. If he was just now like this little footnote to television history. Yep. And it's funny that we never heard of this before. I had heard the name. Yeah. And I knew nothing about it. Mm -hmm. You know, when we've looked at Bill's career pre-Star Trek, we've looked at the other series that he had. Mm Mm-hmm. And Alexander, which was an opportunity, and and various other things. But I never knew that this had he had been in a pilot for another series just before Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So this was very like startling to find out that they he had been pitched as the star of a thing mm-hmm. that could have been instead of Star Trek if it had been successful. Mm-hmm. So that's a little shocking. And this is a thing that like I've never really seen it written about or mentioned mm-hmm. in terms of the stuff that he's done and. Um, this was on, what was it, on TV Land or something? I mean, it was on broadcast. Me TV or, or Me TV, TV Land, one of those. Like that, yeah. yeah. So it was a thing that people are able to see. It's not like it was locked away in the vault right. like Alexander was for a long time. Yeah. You couldn't see it except as that bootleg that we got. So, yeah, it's really weird. And, again, I really have to question that this was a viable TV pilot. Who's going to watch this? I know. The Adventures of Eric the Farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Out there pumping water for 18 yes. hours a day. Oh, but. Oh, but. but, but. Yes, there is a lot of but. But when it finally started raining. Oh, my God. That was the best. It was the 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 pre-Wrath of Khan <laughs> yell. But this time it was of, of joy and, oh, man. I will, I will get that as a, as a little animated gif and I will put it up so everybody can see it but it's beautiful he and Robert Brown are inside and there's a crack of, of thunder and they both they look with, with like astonishment on their yeah. faces and then you hear the rain start to fall and they're like oh! and there's this moment and then Bill turns to the camera I mean full face to yeah. the camera and goes ah! <laughs> It's so amazing, great. and then they run out, and they're they're running around and dancing in the rain like mm-hmm. idiots. And oh my god, yeah, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. And I'm I, I've never seen that right. Like people do caps of stuff all the time mm-hmm. from things, and I've never ever seen that on the internet. Yes, so yes. So that will, will be your job. Um, I want to back up a little because this was another strange thing. You know how strange things happened in twos or threes. When we were watching uh, Quaker Girl, mm-hmm. of course, you're looking at the other actors going, he was in Star Trek. What was he? <laughs> what was he? he? Was. And the head Quaker um, had very distinctive features, and, and we were like, he was in Star Trek. What was he? And I, I went, he was the head of some alien you race. You totally nailed it. Yeah. What is he? And you looked it up on IMDb, and tell him what you found for his picture. Um, well, he was the guy who was in um, Plato's Plato, Plato Stepchildren. Yes, right? he was the head. He was the Platonian. Head. I think his name was Parthen or something. Yeah, yeah. Parman. Parman, that's it. The picture that they use of him in IMDb as his official picture is from that Star Trek episode. Yes, yes. Like with the, the crown and the toga and all the rest of it. It's like of all the pictures that they could have chosen, this guy has had like a 60-year career in uh-huh. television. He's had hundreds of roles, and that's the picture that they use. Yes, and so, so then when we were watching uh, Colossus, Colossus, we, we one of the, the side thugs, you know. Oh, well, first, Lee Van Cleef was in it. Yes, yes. Without a mustache, and that looked weird. Mm-hmm. But it was the, the old rich guy. Yes. And I immediately was like, oh, yes, he's been in Star Trek. I recognized his face. Yes, and, and I so looked you looked up. him up. And the picture that they use in IMDb is from Star Trek. And what episode was it? it I'm was forgetting from now. The um, uh, the 
Oh, the Paradise Syndrome. This side of Paradise. This side of Paradise, sorry. Yeah, yeah where he was the head of the farmers who didn't want to leave. Because they were blissed out on drugs. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep, him. And that's the picture that somebody <laughs> took. So I think that someone at IMDb has a wicked sense of humor. And for all of these people who have been in Star Trek, in addition to the hundreds of roles they've had as character actors, that's the photo that they choose to use. Well, I think, too, unless the actor or his people submit... A photo. Right, they just choose They a choose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Somebody is going, Star Trek is doing it. Let's use that picture. That's what people will recognize him yes, from. They will because they will recognize them as being from Star Trek. So yes. that just cracked me up. That was too funny. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that never got picked up. And I, I can't believe that it was well received. I mean, yeah. it was fine. You know, the acting yeah. was fine. It was. Um, there was good uh, camaraderie between yeah. Shatner and Brown. Absolutely. They seemed very believable, and, you know, Bill was good. Bill was playing this very sort of naive guy, yeah, and although it was a year before Star Trek, he looked so young. He looked like he was 20. Part of it was probably makeup and lighting, but also he was playing it young, he was, and it was yeah. it was really, you know, a, a conscious decision on his part that was very effective. You would have thought Yes. This was like a 20-year-old guy. He's just come to America. He managed to buy this plot of land. Yep, and yep. It, was, it was really good. It was, um, I should say, it was in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bill's hair looked like they had tried to make it blonde. Yes. Because he's supposed to be Swedish, which added a little to his young look. Yes. Because it was blonde hair. Um, and he looked fabulous, you know. His face mm-hmm. was beautiful and everything. But I just can't imagine people tuning in every week to see Eric the Farmer. And, and <laughs> They, they, Unless they bring in Kevin Destroyer of Worlds. Right. <laughs> Interestingly, um, there was a little spoken prologue mm-hmm. and then an epilogue by Bill in, in his Swedish voice, which was like almost narration, you know. This is what happened to me in the year of 1912 when, when I, came I first to, came, came to, to America. America. And then at the very end, he said, and that's what happened to me in the year of 1912 when I first came to America. And later on, I would make my peace with evil old rich guy and I would ask his daughter to marry me and it was weird that they did it like that okay if it was a series now they've just told you exactly what's going to happen so my theory is maybe they tacked that on after to make it yeah it wasn't going to be a series just to like give you a little view into Eric's future we also watched Tattletales oh that's right I totally forgot that we watched that (laughs) I had never seen this show uh huh I don't it remember. is amazingly stupid, and it's three married couples. Right. So it's a game show from the 70s. Yeah, what passed for a game, game show. show. Yeah. And the audience is divided into three parts, mm-hmm. and they get to split the winnings. Each couple mm-hmm. is playing on behalf of a third of the audience. So the winnings are crap. Mm-hmm. So you know everybody in the winning team is going to get four bucks. Yep. Um, so Bill and Marcy were on it, and they send the wives away and put earphones on them so they can't hear and then they, they asked the guys a question hosted by Bert Convey. Yeah. And the first question was, it happened in, in the car. Mm-hmm. And the guy rings in, in this case, Orson, no, it was Phyllis Diller's husband. husband. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ward, what's, what's the story? And this was a bizarre story about Phyllis had this Rolls Royce she loved, and they went out to dinner. And Phyllis left with someone else. <laughs> And Ward drove the car home and crashed it into the garage. Yeah. So then he has to come up with a word, a one-word mm-hmm. clue for Phyllis mm-hmm. to remember, which was like rolls. rolls. So then they bring Phyllis on, and they say, okay, Phyllis, the question was, and it's not a question. No. It happened in the car, 
and your clue is rolls. And of course, she gets it right. This was the most lame ass. <laughs> and uh, the only thing we learned out of it was that um, Bill and Marcy had to wrap their Dobermans up in a little quilt at mm -hmm. night for them to go to bed. Otherwise, they'd cry wow. and howl mm -hmm. all night long. Yep. It was so strange, and you end up learning these things about famous married couples that maybe you really didn't want to know, like that line about Phyllis leaving with someone else. <laughs> I know, weird. we're going, what? <laughs> You're not going to pursue this? Yeah, it's like, did, did they have an open marriage? Or like, what is, are they swingers? What the heck is going on? Yeah. Here? And then um, when Orson Bean's wife, uh, one of the questions was, uh, Something about the the sexiest item of clothing. Yes, and it was a denim skirt that she had that went, had a slit that went way up the side. Mm -hmm. And then when they came back and she got the answer right and she said something like, "Well, he has a a denim fetish." It was like, "Whoa, no, I didn't know that." Yeah, <laughs> I didn't need to know anything about Orson Bean really. And they were playing for. Um, the prize was in increments of a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So at the end of it, I believe Orson and his wife had had won four hundred dollars. Yes. Now for the winning team, the, they throw in a thousand. So you know, okay. So the people in the audience maybe each get twenty bucks but or can something. Can you imagine a hundred dollars? Mm -hmm. <laughs> So Bill was wearing um, oh. a terrible shirt, which I have seen that shirt before. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure he either wore it on Beat the Clock or one of the other game shows. It was very dark, and it had, it might have been pineapples or or birds or something. Some it. It was a very, yeah, some print on it that um, was. And very tight, burgundy-colored corduroy pants with, that were very high-waisted that came mm -hmm. up to just below his armpits, it looked mm -hmm. like. And the shirt was tucked into the pants, which did him no favors. But his butt looked good. Yes. He also had a bad toupee. Terrible toupee. Um, but his face looked nice. Yes. He, wasn't, yes. he didn't look fat or anything. And he was in that stage where I think he still was not quite sure how to be himself. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes he was very kind of cold and uh, not quite engaging mm -hmm. with everything. And then other times he was very funny and, yes. and animated. So it was kind of swinging back and forth between those two extremes. Yes, and we could not believe Bill did not win. Uh, they came in second? Yes. I guess. that He must have been furious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. Didn't win. Didn't win. We want to play again. Then, we have to I win. want to be back on the show next week. Yes. And then we'll win. We're going to work on it <laughs> somehow. We're not going to work on our marriage, but no, we're going to work on winning. winning this ridiculous Tattletales game. Oh, my God. So that was weird. So those were three things that we watched that we'll never have to watch again. Mm -hmm. We can say that we've seen them. But then at the end of the night, I'm going to skip over the party part and yes. just get to, um, at, before we went to bed, we decided because we'd watched all that stuff and made ourselves do it, that we would reward <laughs> ourselves with something wonderful. So we watched Balance of Terror, yes. the restored version. And, oh, it was wonderful. It was so good to watch that. Oh, his acting in that is so, so superb, so subtle, so textured and layered oh. and there's kirk light <gasps> all over the oh, place it's like in every scene and it's different oh. kirk light too. yes they varied it quite a bit um mm -hmm. in terms of where the light was falling on his face and what the background was doing mm -hmm. and there were a couple scenes when the enterprise is supposed to be playing dead where he the the background was almost totally black yes and, and that was, was weird there was just light on his face mm -hmm. uh and it, it looked amazing. It was it was just it was incredible. So that was wonderful to to watch 
that again mm -hmm. and just to see him looking so good and how as you said the acting was great and and that that's still a really good episode it is an excellent episode and the one bad part of course was rand yeah which we probably, her existence is absolutely uh, not just non-essential but pointless in point, this episode pointless and intrusive yes i would say and we probably said this before because i know we've talked about balance of terror before but it was so clear that she was not in the original episode mm -hmm. and that they wrote her in in these little intrusive parts to give her something to do and they're so awkward it is you you just know a note came down from a studio head saying we need footage of the blonde yeah and i'm sure that's what they called her yeah yeah i'm sure it, it's it's just very bad especially when um sort of halfway through the episode when they're not doing anything and they're waiting to see what the Romulans are going to do and Kirk's in his quarters and he's sort of laying there thinking, mm -hmm. you know, contemplating everything and she just barges right in. She doesn't knock or mm -hmm. beep or anything and she's like, oh, can I get you anything? And he's like, no. And she turns around and leaves. Yeah. And McCoy comes in and then they have a little conversation. But right, and the, the, the McCoy conversation is the point of yes. the scene. So that clearly it was written with McCoy coming in and them having mm -hmm. that little thing and they just stuck the Rand thing in there yeah. to give her some lines for that episode. And then at the, the climactic point when the Ugh. tension's at its highest, for her to come up and hug the captain, it's like, oh, Ugh. throw up. This is awful. And it's not even that it's her particularly, but... Clearly, you know, the, the dramatic flow of that episode is all around Kirk. He's the guy who's making the decisions. He's the one who suffers the consequences of mm -hmm. it. That scene is him seeing what his decisions have wrought. Yes, and the, the whole scene with McCoy, when he reveals to McCoy his thoughts, you know he's been laying there in, in, you know, on his bed thinking mm -hmm. these things right. about, you know... Am I doing the right decision? And I know the consequences of this. It could be intergalactic war. Yep. And so, yeah, to to sort of cut the impact of that in half by having a crew person come up and snuggle up to the captain. It's ridiculous. And, <sighs> and you know, to Shatner's credit, he doesn't play to her at all. No. I mean, she comes up and she sort of wraps herself around him and he doesn't even look at her. Yeah. He's looking at the screen to see what's happening with the mm -hmm. Romulans as he should be. And it would have been so much better if that had been the focus of him just watching what's going to happen because that's the next move in this, this mm -hmm. chess game that's going on right here. So, ugh. Another great thing in that episode, though, that's the one Styles has to go down to weapons mm -hmm. to help out, and Uhura yes. just moves into the navigator position. And then later, while she's still there, Kirk tells her to do something communications-ish. Mm -hmm. She does it from there. It's like Uhura is multitasking. It's and, awesome, and I also love her. Body. And there's no idea of well, there's nobody else. Uhura, can you just sit there for a while? You know, it's like no, you're next in it. line. Just do it. I love her body language after he asks her to do that, and mm -hmm. she does it, and she sort of lounges back in the chair. Yeah, in a very sort of Mitchell way, almost, mm -hmm. like, yep. that's cool. Like, <laughs> and you know what? And I was thinking of this when we were, when we were listening to Nichelle talk and everything, and <clears throat> for some reason it just came to mind, the story about Whoopi Goldberg mm -hmm. and what an impact Nichelle and Star Trek had on her. And Whoopi has told this story many times, and I think it's a wonderful story. She was a little girl watching TV, Star Trek came on, and she yelled, Mama, Mama, come in here. There's a black lady on TV, and she ain't no maid. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, here she is, this calm, competent, mm, very competent person, woman of color, 
it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. She's not a maid. She's not a servant. She's not the yeoman. Mm -hmm. She's an officer on the bridge, respected, mm -hmm. and she moves into one of the primary positions, certainly more of a primary position than communications mm -hmm. officer. And yeah, I could imagine the impact that had. Definitely. It's more than the kiss. Definitely more than the kiss. It's very interesting in that episode when Kirk decides to have a little conference. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, does he say, gentlemen, let's go or something? Something like that. So they're on the bridge and it's him, Spock, Sulu, Stiles, and Scotty. Yes. And they get up and they all leave, right? Yep. Who sat in the captain's chair? And when he... Uh, when they have their meeting, they finish it up, and he calls for bridge status. It's Uhura, and she reports it. She was in charge. She must have been sitting in the chair. That's of why course. I had Cannon right there. It's yep. like, yep, they all left. She sat in the big chair, mm -hmm. and she was in charge, because that's the way it should have been. And it's not like a teacher leaving the classroom. Um, um, you, no. You're in charge. It was like, oh, obviously, here's Uhura, the highest-ranking person left on the bridge. Of course she's in charge. Right, and he doesn't say anything to her, so obviously... Everybody knew who was supposed to go sit in that chair. Well, and that's a military thing. That's right. You know. Who's the highest rank, ranking person? That's the person who's in charge. That's the protocol. That's the person you listen to. Nobody questions it. So, yep. yeah, that's what I want to think. Yes. I'm sure that that was true. Mm -hmm. So she was Captain Uhura. Yep. Mm -hmm. And her all-girl <laughs> band. So that was delightful. So let's talk about our little party. Okay, we had... We had visitors from another planet. We did. It was amazing. Uh, Long-time listeners yes. have heard us speak about our good friend Jonk, and she resides in the Jonkiverse, where time is very different. Very different. Uh, but she and her husband showed up, what, hour an hour and a half late? late. Yep. And th that That's was okay. normal. That's normal. That's normal. And... Uh, of course, bearing treats and presents, because that's the wonderful sort of person she is. But we had the best time oh, was great. getting caught up with her and, you know, just talking, you know, because there have been changes in all our lives mm -hmm. since we've actually physically all been yeah. together. So this was fantastic. We all agreed that none of us had changed a bit, because we haven't. It's true. And it was great. It was great. We talked about stuff and ourselves and Star Trek. We talked a lot about Star Trek. Mm -hmm. um, talked about the stuff that we watched. We talked about Bill and the con and all of the things that had happened and good times from years past mm -hmm. and just so many in the time that she scared Leonard and, and just so many things. So many wonderful things. Yes. So it was a delight to see her and her husband, especially at a con. Yes. You know, there was something about that sitting in the hotel room. Drink a beer. Drink a beer. Eating, eating treats. Eating treats. It was great. It yep. was really great. Well, speaking of wonderful things. <gasps> yes. There's a present here for me. Because your birthday is next weekend, right? It is. That's I am nice. so thrilled this arrived while I'm here, so I actually get to... I know. Physically be here and see you open it. I've told you, and I'll tell the listeners, it is not anything having to do with Star Trek. Okay. But I think you will really like I'm this. I'm sure. Yeah, well. I'm sure I will. So you okay. go ahead, go for it. Okay. And and um, we should note to listeners that this arrived despite being misaddressed. Right. By accident. And uh, so I want to give a, 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 a minor, minor <laughs> short um, shout out <laughs> to, to the post man. office for getting it to you. And the reason it's only a minor one is the mail service in Chicago is so bad that I have been fined by my condo <gasps> association because my check 
never gets there on time despite Holy being mailed shit. two weeks early. Oh my God, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yes. I, I'm okay. Okay. Well, I, I live in a, a much more suburban area where um, I get a lot of packages and my postman, he knows me. So mm-hmm. I think when they saw this, they, they were they able went, to oh. intuit where it was supposed to go. And in fact, it showed up exactly yes. where it was supposed to do. Okay. So I've opened the package, but I haven't looked inside it. Yes. So. so oh. <gasps> oh, look at these socks. These are. Oh, I see. I see what it is. Yes. Wow. These are super cool. So these are, they're called out of print socks. It's from a website called Out of Print. And it's the Band Books Collection. And at first I was like, what am I looking at? And it's words um, that have been blacked out. Mm-hmm. Like they've been censored or redacted. And it, they're beautiful. The, the socks are sort of cream colored. And the blacking out is, is like embroidered into it. But take them out. I want you to see something. These are super cool. Put sock, put a sock in censorship. Oh, every purchase donates one book to community in need. How wonderful! Yes, but um, take it apart so you can actually look at each sock okay. because the blacked out words are book titles. Are they? Okay, yes. I was wondering if it was like real stuff or not. Let's see. I don't want to tear them. But the there socks don't match. Oh, oh, look at that! So one sock has the words, and on the other sock, it's words, but they're blacked out. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's so clever. Look at that. So can you tell what's on here on the blacked out one? Well, like you can tell this is Call of the Wild. Okay. And the something. Wow. Yeah, occasionally you can. This is great. So here's here's the stuff that's on it. Wow, I'm going to mm. have to open this. There's To Kill a Mockingbird, Great Gatsby, 1984, The Catcher in the Rye, Color Purple, Lolita, Song of Solomon, uh, Gone with the Wind, Catch-22, uh, Lord of the Flies, Ulysses, All the King's Men, Handmaid's Tale, Clockwork Orange, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, uh, of Mice and Men, As I Lay Dying. Oh, Lord of the Rings is on here? Wow. Mm-hmm. Brave New World. These are so cool. And I have to tell you, I was so torn oh. between this and something else. I went for this because I know you love socks. Oh, yeah. But it's a banned books mug. Where all the stuff's X'd out, but when you put coffee or tea in it, it, dis- you, it, can the, see it. you can see what the titles That's are. So, so cool. Uh, you guys definitely may want to go to, it's called outofprint.com, uh-huh. and as you read on the thing, every purchase, they donate a book to a community in need, so it's... It's a good cause, and just and there's lots of cool stuff wow. there. Plus, there is one other okay. thing, but the well, these are fabulous. Thank you so much. You're yes, welcome. I love them. I absolutely love them. And I thought you would really get a kick out of wearing socks that don't match for a reason. Oh yeah, totally. I, I tell everybody I wore my dragon socks this week. Yes, and yes. They were awesome. They were really cool and comfortable, and I was happy. Okay. Oh, there's something else in here. Ooh, what's this? Oops, we don't need that. This is also from out of print. I see that. So it's a bag. It's a tote. Oh, it's a Nancy True tote bag. Ah! This is awesome. So they have tote bags and caps and T-shirts, some really clever T-shirts, all, you know, with original book covers on them. Wow. Oh, look at that. And look at the receipt. I see it. It's, it looks like a, a, a library uh, stamp in a, yeah. in a thing, and it's got um, all these names on it. Uh, that's great. And it looks like it's actually been stamped. 
out of print title yet. And this illustration is like original 1920s Nancy mm -hmm. Drew. This is great. Thank you so much. I You're love welcome. it. Oh, look, there's our little friends. Wow. Oh, I love it. I good, absolutely good. love it. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I'd hug you, but that would destroy our microphones. So yes, I'll do that yes. Later. No, that's okay. Oh, thank you. Oh, yay. Yes. So I love it. These are wonderful. Good. Years. We're supporting a good cause you that we, we believe in and having a wonderful birthday. Oh, fantastic. I just thought the idea of the socks not matching was so It is. Great. It's really great. Wow. Excellent. Yay! So excellent. So happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And um, the Festival of Chatmoy is right around the corner. Of course, we haven't even talked we, about it. And, oh. um, it, you know, it's a different sort of Chatmoy, Actually, right? we're right in the middle of Chatmoy. Oh, no. no the, the, Bill's the, birthday kicks it off. Right. Yes. Right. And that's later this week. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a very different kind of Chatmoy mm -hmm. because Leonard's not with us any longer. I think yeah. we still continue the tradition of having it. Oh, yes. You know, yes. Even though um, Leonard won't be around to celebrate, but... Um, there will be many things happening. I just found out that Bill's going to be doing his one-man show here in California, somewhat close to, to mm -hmm. where I live. So I think it was in May? Yeah, 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 at the Cash Creek Casino, which is a really weird place for a show. <laughs> Why is he doing it there? Because Bill would do it at a senior center it's if they It's true. Um, he just did it at um, the Warfield in San Francisco. Oh, well, cool. Well, yeah, I think that just happened. <clears throat> so that, that seemed like an appropriate place because the Warfield's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's sold out, and he continues to tour, doing it in many places. It's a very busy season for him yep. with all the con stuff. He said on Twitter he's been doing cons almost every weekend. Uh-huh. Um, well, speaking of Shapmoy, I'm not going to do it now because this segment's getting long, but one of the things we have coming up is I finished reading his book about yes. Leonard, and I think in honor of Shapmoy, that would be a wonderful thing to discuss. Mm -hmm. I agree. I'm going to try to read more of it so that mm -hmm. um, I can discuss it and not just have you do the book report. But <laughs> Well, as, as entertaining as that would be, I, I want to read more of the book. Yes. They had um, many copies of the book in Bill's autograph lines. There mm -hmm. were pictures, but they had stacks of the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we went up there to ask, um, we were like, oh, they have Leonard's book. And the guy said, uh, to you, have you read it? And you're like, yes. I said, oh, um, do you have a copy of it? And you said, yes, I have it on my iPad. Pad. And he kind of said, oh, well, you know, if you want the paper copy, you can have Bill autograph it. Yeah, he'll autograph it for you. Like, thank you for shilling on Bill's behalf. Well, yeah, and it was also, they had all these photos when we first walked up and we're looking at them. Uh, they were going, do you want an autograph photo of Bill? And I went, I have so many of those. I have autograph photos of him and me and his horse doodle and i have us together at this and you know and they were like oh okay okay yeah but that was fun it was yeah i ran across my picture of the two of us with doodle the other day that's such a good picture it was that was so much fun I, I can't believe I got him to autograph that book and that he actually did it. I don't know. I was half expecting him to throw it into the yeah. dirt or something. <laughs> well, you know, I still have the autograph spanking list, which oh. was the very first thing I ever had him autograph. Oh. We have had so many fun encounters with Bill over yes, the years. Yes, yes. Well, like I was telling you, Bill is in my dreams so often <laughs> that now in my dreams, 
what you know he's like at a con or something and and i walk in he's like hi you know he knows me we know each other so it seems really strange now to go to a con and have bill not look out and go hey it's you, you know? <laughs> the ability to distinguish reality from fantasy is one of those uh skills you're supposed to try to hang on to <laughs> really it is weird i mean Seeing him was really fun, and I often do think about what it would be like to meet him in real mm-hmm. life and how hard it would be not to be that person who treats him like I've known you all my life. Yes. I'm sure he gets that And a not lot. to get all fanish. Oh, yeah, it would be so hard. I don't know. Maybe he's good at getting people not to be that way. I think he is, mm-hmm. and it's part of him being a good interviewer, mm-hmm. but like... Uh, I know his dinner with Roz was just, you know, fantastic. Just the two of them talking about all kinds of stuff because Bill's interested in everything. And Roz, you know, is a genius and does so many Mm -hmm. things. And I'm sure they had plenty to talk about. Then when he was saying, um, or the the guys at Let's Go to Mars were saying that that morning they had been talking with him. And I thought, yeah, I'm sure people like that, meeting Bill for the first time, you're like in awe of him. Mm -hmm. But if he wants to talk to you Mm -hmm. because... You wrote The Martian or because you work with NASA. I'm sure he is perfect at instantly putting you at ease so it just turns into a conversation. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's right. I I think it's the hardest part is when you're talking to him or to anybody who's a vast celebrity in the mm-hmm. way that he is, when you can approach them because of a reason, like because you yourself have accomplished something, you've written a yes. book or you're the horse whisperer or like whatever, there's a reason that the two of you are in contact. The, I think the hardest thing is when the only reason that you're meeting them and being in contact is because you're a fan. Yes. What do you have to say to them? Like what could you possibly say that they would mm-hmm. find really interesting? Right. Again, I think Bill is probably very good at finding the interesting thing. Like in all those brown bag mm-hmm. uh, wine things, he's very good at finding something yes. interesting about a person that he can talk about and get them to feel comfortable talking about. But it's just very odd when when you're just you're just you, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what could you say that that would make you feel special or would get them? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it must be very hard, and it must be hard as a celebrity to have. Hundreds of people want you to see the special thing in them mm-hmm. yes. all the time. All the time, yes. And, you know, so I can understand why he is very private yeah. and, you know, um, he's so busy and doing so much and he, he's using his time wisely and using it for things that are important to him. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously not important to him to sit down and have a lengthy conversation with every person he meets, but then there are people that... yeah. He re- he really wants to to get into it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Hmm. Ah, the conundrum of celebrity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, I think that's about it for yes, now. We, yes, yes. We talked all the con stuff. Um, so I don't know if this is going to be a whole show or just the end of it or whatever. So let's just pretend it's the end of a show. Okay. Because <laughs> we've been talking an awfully long time. Um, so our next show, we definitely have some interesting stuff coming Oh, up. yeah. It'll be really good. So um, big thumbs up for Silicon Valley Comic Con. It yes. was good, and we hope it will be the first of many. Mm-hmm. And maybe Bill will be doing more of them. Who knows? Because yes. I think this went extremely well, and he probably would love the opportunity to have another dinner with Steve Wozniak. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure that was fantastic. 
So um, thanks for listening to us, listeners. We wish you could have all been here with yes. us, and maybe next time you will. That's true. Uh, so see you soon. Bye. Bye.